This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Well, thank you so much, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today for Messianic Vision. Today, you're going to learn about activating God's new assignments for you. Now, this is a God-given revelation with creative strategies and a language of light for a world living in darkness. God has new assignments for you, and He wants to activate them in you. So that sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? Well, my guest says these are new days that we are living in, and new days demand new ways. So if you have ever not known how to talk to the unloved, the broken, those that are different from you or living in a culture that's different from yours, now you can. Old ways will not work to reach the woke, the cancel culture, the God-hardened generation that we are facing in this time. So get ready for some good news as we welcome Cindy McGill. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Welcome. So good to be with you. <laughs> Thank you. We're excited to have you. Now, Cindy is an author, a pastor, a Jesus lover, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a dream interpreter, and a friend. A friend to all. Ooh, that's that's powerful. Okay, Cindy, let's start here. Let, let me take you back a few years. When you got saved, when you came to the Lord, it was back in the 70s. Yes, it was. It was 1973 in August. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. Um, I was uh, on a journey, and I didn't even know it. Um, you know, it was the Jesus movement uh, was happening at that time, and it was a literal movement. I mean, people who uh, were born again in that movement understand that. It was as if the atmosphere had completely shifted, and God just breathed down from heaven on, on earth, right? Um, and I was— um, doing all the things that young people did, you know, um, drugs and, you know, trying to figure out life and trying to party. And, uh, it was also, uh, the free love movement was yes. going on in, um, Haight Ashbury, right. In San Francisco. So, um, there were just a lot of things that we all had questions about. And I was young, I was like 20. Yes. And, um, I just felt like I just had this awakening one day and I thought I need to learn there has to be a way to live life without having to smoke weed or take drugs or things like that. There has to be a way right, right. organically, you know, that we're meant to live. So um, I just began to, to question. I was, and I didn't know, honestly, that there was a God. Mm. I didn't really know that. I went to church. Um, you know, we went all the time. I, I lived in Texas, so that was what we did. Uh, but I didn't really get anything out of it, and I wasn't sure if there was a God. And basically, it was a simple little prayer. It was one of those, not even a prayer. It was just more of a statement. Like I said, you know, I don't know if you're there. I don't even know if you exist. I don't know if this is just a myth or whatever. But I said, if you are, I want you to show me. And um, I got a hold of a church that I had been going to with my parents for a while. And I just said, do you guys do anything? Do you have any, you know, 
activities or things. I just thought I would start a search. And they said, well, we're going to Andre Crouch, <laughs> the, the yeah. leader. And I, and I thought it was Chinese food. <laughs> I, I thought it was a, I did. I thought it was a restaurant because I've never <laughs> heard of such a thing, right? And um, so they told me that, uh, that it was at um, Will Rogers Auditorium in Fort Worth. And I thought, you know, well, okay, it's around there. So I'll, um, I'll just get over that direction. And I was circling the building looking for a Chinese restaurant. That's what was happening. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh-huh. And uh, then I look up at the marquee sign on the outside of the building, and it said, um, Andre Crouch in concert tonight. <laughs> I went, oh, no, what have I gotten myself into? So I parked the car and went in. I got one of the last tickets. They they weren't they were sold out. It was completely full. The auditorium was full. And uh, for whatever reason, I know now what it was, that God gave me a ticket to get in. Yes. And um, it felt like because of the, you know, the spirit-filled atmosphere in the arena, I know that now, that was what was drawing me in. Mm-hmm. And I sat on the floor right in front of him and while he was singing. And he had uh, lyrics of the songs that were things like, um, if you have questions in the corners of your mind, places of discouragement and peace you can't find, well, you need to reach out and touch the Lord because he's walking up and down these aisles. Wow. And I did. I literally reached out. Like, I mean, physically reached out and I thought, I'm going to do it if that's what's going on. And when I did, I felt the presence of God. I felt his, I felt his love. I felt like 500 pounds felt off of my back. I felt like my mind got clear. My eyes got open. It was as if I had a transformation. I had a literal, a God transformation. He encountered me. And at my invitation, you know, when I reached out and my life was completely changed, I was instantly delivered from any kind of desire to smoke weed or to do drugs or to drink or anything else. Yes. I was 20 years old. So God got me before I turned 21. Right. And with it, uh, I was so electrified with his presence and with my uh, experience I was having that I wanted everyone to know. Yes. I thought this is ab- this is miraculous. There's no other word <laughs> and, for it. And it and it is. So, <laughs> yes. It is. You're right, it is. I got home probably around one thirty in the morning because I lived in Dallas at that time and uh I started calling people, like I just dialed numbers at random and woke people up and started telling them about Jesus. Wow. And they were, thank God we didn't have caller ID. Um, I think you were one of those people that called me. (laughs) Maybe. Well, Cindy, I I know that it wasn't long after that. I mean, you were, you were all in as we can tell by your little testimony there, but it wasn't long after that, that you were spirit filled, filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was on. I mean, God used you in ministry so much. Um, Forty-some years now of ministry, cancers healed, broken bones healed instantly. Cutters, those people that are so torn on the inside and the pain is so great that they cut themselves just to try Mm -hmm. to release the pain. And they disappear. Angels appearing during work. So many, many things here. But... 
I want to kind of pinpoint this just for a second. As you were ministering and you, you started about 20 years or so after you received the Lord, you were pastoring a small church in Oregon, and you said you guys hosted a sustained visitation of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Oh, my goodness. We did. We were all dry as a bone. We felt, you know, we had pastored for a number of years in Utah, and God moved us for a short time to the Oregon coast. And we took a pastor there, and uh, it was a, a logging community that was shut down. The environmentalists had uh, uh, shut down the woods because of the spotted owl. And so a lot of uh, generational loggers and people like that were out of work. Mm. And they were giving them uh, certificates to go back to school to be retrained to do something else. Well, you know, they're not going to do that. And people then begin to turn to drugs and they were doing meth and um, different things. And it was just, I, I didn't understand why God had moved us there. I, I thought, it, it, to me, it felt like the end of the world and yes. you could see it from My there, goodness. right? My because goodness. we were on the coast. And we just said, you know, there's got to be more. We, we, there, there has to be something that we're, that we're, we're missing here. And so we started to just pray on Friday nights. We thought, you know what, we're going to, we're just going to do it. We're just going to uh, pray. And we, we called it push. Mm -hmm. We, and my husband actually came up with it and this was in 92. And he said, we're going to do this. It's called push. It's pray until something happens. Oh, I like that. And, <laughs> mm hmm and we started out with 10, and uh, we ended up with about four after about a month uh, of people that were consistently praying for us. It was funny because someone said, uh, well, four of a kind beats a full house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's poker. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, right? And so we thought, well, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Four of a kind. And it was just unified. We were unified. We were intent. We were not going to give up until something began to transpire. We were really literally drawing nigh to God, and he was drawing near to us. And um, it was as if uh, just supernaturally overnight, uh, within just a few weeks, things began to change. Our church went from very predictable where everyone sat in the same chair and everyone, you know, the songs and the worship and everything, it was very predictable to everyone was now feeling the presence of God again. Mm -hmm. And people were on the floor, they were laughing, they were uh, doing intercession, you know, they were feeling the, the power, the, the weight of uh, the Holy Spirit filling our, our little church and it began to spread to our town, which was not very big. And if you know that uh, anything about small towns, um, you know, things that happen uh, can work for you or against you. <laughs> you know, yes, right? Everyone yes. knows what's going on. It was as if the veil between heaven and earth got thinner. And we were having supernatural experiences wow. with angels, wow. with gold falling, oil would appear in people's hands. We were laughing, and I didn't understand that. So this was new to you. This this type, yeah, this type of presence and manifestation was new to you, I suppose. It was, and the only the only real scripture or grid I had for this was in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Yes. And so we were experienced the presence of the Lord. 
And with the joy came the laughter. Yes. And it was as if God was healing us from the inside out. Mm. And with that came all the miracles, too. Yes. We were on 101, Highway 101, and we had two acres behind our church. And so we put a great big circus tent out in the back (laughs) of the property. (laughs) And we had a big banner. It was really funny. We had a big banner that we had two telephone poles out at the beginning of the parking lot. And the the banner said, the party is here. Oh. (laughs) And right. And then, but the poles were too short together, like too, too close together. So the, the, the banner read, the party is he. <laughs> oh, well, that's not bad, right? <laughs> not right. We said, well, that, that works. Um, and so we had the big circus tent. We had a banner across two telephone poles at the beginning of our parking lot facing 101. And the town was like, what is happening here? Well, people began to drive from all over. We, we uh, word, again, word of mouth. Um, miracles were breaking out yes, in our tent. We yes. had worship that just went on, uh, not not scheduled, not programmed. Nothing was. We gave the Holy Spirit freedom because He wanted it to do anything He wanted to do. Let me and, let um, me ask you one quick question here. Uh, let me insert this real quick right here. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Now this went on for two and a half years. You guys were going to do it for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. It went on for two and a half years. A sustained move of the Holy Spirit. Miracles, deliverances, people getting instantly delivered from drugs, uh, healing. All kinds of things were happening. And we don't have time, of course, to say all of those. But tell me about this one particular woman that you said she came and she was strung out on drugs. What happened with her? I'd had a dream the night before, and I was telling Tim the dream about driving on a highway between waterways, and I saw fish jumping. So I pulled over. I was in an Explorer, and at that time, we didn't have a Ford Explorer. So uh, I was in an Explorer, which was significant, and I pulled out my fishing pole, and I went to catch the fish that were jumping, and I pulled up a great big bottom fish. I'm on the phone telling Tim this dream. And while I'm on the phone, he's at the church, and a car pulls into the parking lot while I'm telling him the dream. And it's a girl, uh, a young girl with an old car. She came wheeling into the parking lot, and she had a, it even had a marijuana uh, leaf uh, etched into <laughs> the uh, hood of the car, right? And she got out, and she said, I've been clean and sober for two weeks. Is there anything here for me? And it was as if God said, she is the bottom fish. She's hit bottom. Mm. And this is who I'm giving you. And she will be restored. She came in, got miraculously delivered from every desire for drugs. Her family, she got a hold of her brother, her sister-in-law, and her family began to come in. The brother had... uh, kidney problems. He had a a cirrhosis of the liver because of drinking and he had uh, kidneys were shutting down and we prayed for him. He was instantly delivered from his, and, and he became our drummer. (laughs) (laughs) And their mother owned a bar in town. The only bar is the local watering hole. Right. And, um, and she said, I don't, I'm not a God-fearing person, 
she said, but I can't deny the change that's happened in my kids. And she said, I want to know, I want to be filled with renewal. And that's what she called it. Mm -hmm. And Tim and I got around behind her. It was on a weeknight and we put our hands on her back and she said, I'm on fire. She started yelling, I'm on fire. And we looked around at the front of her and her glasses were steamed up. Wow. Well, it turns out that she had leukemia. She had diabetes. She was, there were four different things that the doctors basically said, if this one doesn't take you out, this one will. And she went back to her doctor after we prayed for her. And the doctor did tests on her blood. And he said, well, the only thing I can tell you is you don't need me anymore. Oh, my. And she said, do you mean I'm healed? And he said, well, I can't say that. You know how they protect themselves. Oh, yes. I can't of say course. that. Of course. Uh, but all I'm saying is you don't need me anymore. Well, she was so transformed that she still kept her bar open. This was the fun part. She kept her bar open. But when people would come in after work and they would start drinking, she would uh, wait until they were, you know, she would cut them off basically at a certain point and tell her daughter, the daughter who pulled into our parking lot, mm -hmm. tell her daughter to put them in the car and bring them down to the church. <laughs> <laughs> she became the woman at the well. And she was sending people down to the church, and we would pray for them. We even had people who were meth dealers, meth producers, uh, people that you know created the meth, and they would um, drop their friends off at the church. They said, you need this, and they would take off in their car and leave their friend at, at, our, at our church. And this was happening, I mean, we, we couldn't stay open all the time because we didn't have enough staff. We didn't sure. have enough people, but yes. people were, were anytime we were there, anytime there was a car there, people would uh, wander in. That is amazing. And they would, yeah. So uh, they would, um, they would get healed. They would get there. They would be transformed. Sure. They would feel the presence of God. Well, let's let's stop right there just for a second and move forward, fast forward uh, many, many years. And Cindy, honestly, as I've read your story and I've seen your ministry, it appears to me that wherever there is a move of God, wherever God is stirring and doing something different in people, you're in the middle of it. So <laughs> that is that is no surprise to me that that you are saying these days that we are in right now, our society, the cultural differences, man, this is a new battle. This is new battleground for a lot of us. But you're saying, Cindy, that God is going to activate us with new assignments during this time. What does that mean? Well, we're living in a new era. So we're not just in a new decade. Yes. We're in a completely new era. And the uh, what I've discovered, because I'm in the field a lot, I go into all these different places and I want to get a, I want to like put my finger on the pulse of culture. Mm -hmm. I want to find out what's going on. I want to understand what we're living in, right? So, so I can bring it back and tell people, this is what they think. This is, And so basically uh, we're living right now uh, in a post-Christ era. Mm. What that means is it's an anti-Christ era. Uh, the um, darkness 
has covered the earth and deep darkness is covering people. There is a, a distaste for uh, uh, outside the church for people who don't know God. They don't believe he's there or they've been church hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've been in church and they've been wounded or they've been uh, they've, they've had offense and they've had things happen to them that were not good. I've heard countless stories of people who've, who've, uh, left and then they, they've basically left God as a result of it. Yes. Um, and so we also, this is when now the world is, um, mixed up in their mind. They are completely blinded. They're blind guides and they're spoon feeding the next generation, a bunch of things that are not true. Mm, okay. Yes. So this is where you get the woke right. generation. Right. They're trying to change everything because they don't want to be, they don't want to, um, they don't want to change and they don't want to align with God and, and the original purpose that he gave them. He, they want to uh, be okay with it. They want to tell people that, well, this is okay. I can live this way or I can be this way. Or you can be this way too. And then you get into um, now the universities and the, the colleges are teaching about um, um, the uh, critical race theory. Sure. They're tr- teaching about uh, what gender are you. And they've come up with, I don't know how many now. So many things that, that it's even hard to believe, isn't it, Cindy? I mean, some of these things were like, we're like, really, really? So to me, I, I look at your teaching and I listen to you preach and teach. And you are saying to us, this is different times, people. This is different times. And as believers... The things that we used to do, the things that we used to say, the messages that we used to preach, those old ways aren't going to work anymore for this generation that, that, that we are actually living in right now. What, what are we supposed to do? You called it God doing a, a new thing. What is the scripture? Absolutely. Habakkuk 1.5. What does that mean to you? What does that say? I believe that that God is trying to get us to follow him. He said, Jesus said, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Mm. Now, we that tells us that we don't know how to fish these men because these people are covered in darkness and deep darkness. And so the Holy Spirit is going to teach us how we need to navigate these days. And to those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God, right? So we're now having to adjust. Now, God's already seen this. He's already seen this. He's not falling off the throne and he's not, you know, right, he's in right, charge. Right. He is, he's ruler of heaven and earth, right? And yes. so he's already seen this. And now we need to connect with God. This is a time right now where God's activating and gathering again the church. He is saying, I need for you to pay attention to me. I need to retrain you. I want to get you prepared. In other words, I'm going to transform you and give you new ways and ideas and new strategies. I'm going to reveal mysteries to you and give you uh, understanding about what I see. Yes. God says what I see because I know their story. I know the deception that has been uh, fed to them. I know what they're going to uh, eat and what they're going to believe. And I'm going to give you language. I'm going to give you strategies and I'm going to give you uh, my spirit, Holy Spirit to, to uh, shift the atmosphere. Uh, There will be an atmospheric shift 
And so it will give you um, opportunity to speak to them. I'm going to give you language. Don't think about what you'll say before you get there. I will give you the language that you need to say to communicate with them that will be transforming. It Mm -hmm. will be something that they will hear. And I've learned that um, right now, uh, dreams are a real important part. God, that's God's idea. It was mm-hmm. God's idea yes. to use dreams. Yes. He used dreams when Jesus was coming the first time, remember? Mm-hmm. And now he's using dreams because Jesus is getting ready to come back. Yes. So dreams are a big, yes. important part of communication. Before we move any further, I am looking at, I cannot stop looking at this. I'm looking at the scripture that you use, Habakkuk 1.5. And, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, Cindy, that I really had never read this scripture and looked at it and kind of studied it like you, like you have here. For those that might be listening and going, oh, what does Habakkuk 1.5 say? Will you read that? Yes. It actually says, look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. Wow. For I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told to you. Whew. That tells us that he is doing, and we are literally living in days where God is doing exceeding abundant above what we even dare ask or think. Mm -hmm. God is going to blow our minds. And it's fun when, when you see this and you think, if I can think it up, it's probably too small. <laughs> yes. Right? Because he's going to do things we've never seen before because we're living in an era that we've never lived in before. Yes. And, and there are giants in this era that we've never known. We haven't, we've never encountered before. Well, and this so is part of This is part of the new assignments that you're talking about, isn't it? God handing out and activating new assignments in people and not just handing them out to us, but actually activating them in us. Cindy, this this is astounding to me, like like be utterly astounded, like it said in the scripture. But this is astounding to me. God gave you new assignments and you are actually called. I know not everybody's called to this, but we are called in in other assignments God started calling you to like crazy festivals and events and conventions and things like that, that, that most of us go, whoa, whoa, believers aren't supposed to go there. But what did you learn about the words that you were speaking once you started becoming uh, familiar with these environments? Actually, the the Holy Spirit uh, went before me and God would speak to me. I was on a learning curve myself. I was learning on the go, okay? So I didn't have an outline. I didn't have like a format. I didn't have a a scripted uh, thing that I read or said to anyone because every person is different and every environment we were in was different. So I had to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I had to learn that I, I needed to listen to him before I said something to them. And, um, and I, I think that what I was learning is that God knows their story. And I was having to let him teach me his ways. Yes, yes. I felt like I was, again, being clay. And it seems like every time that we've gone through a move of God or something, it's always been where God wants to 
to make us pliable. He wants us to move with him. He wants us to be equipped for the season that we live in. And he wants us to be um, aware of what's going on. And then he wants us to look at him. Yes. And let him talk to us and tell us. Like when COVID hit, okay, so I, I know we're talking about environments that I go into, but like when COVID hit, I knew instantly to go to God with it. I said, God, what is going on? Instead of listening to the news and listening to all this, I said, what, what's happening here? And so God began to speak to me and he said, this is something to cause fear. Not that it's not real. Okay. It's real. COVID is real, but it was, it was hyped up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I knew it. And so um, when I went into the different uh, uh, places like Burning Man or the adult country, I mean, these things, I didn't pick these things. I didn't ask to go in. I wasn't like, you know, looking for places to go. Right. I was, it, it, it's just that God was leading my path. Uh, and, and asking me to volunteer, I, you know, in Psalms, it says, my people will volunteer willingly in the mm-hmm. day of my power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had seen so many miracles and I knew that, that this was something that I needed to go in as a forerunner and begin to get a look at it and understand it and let God teach me the shift of the world. Yes. Yes. Because God was going, you know, God is doing a new thing to answer the shift of the world. Right. And I, I know some of these places, um, just your everyday believers like, like myself and probably like many that are, are listening, they would never think about going into like uh, an adult convention or a pagan religion type convention or something like that. But but as you were called and given that new assignment and accepted that new assignment, when you got in there, you know, as sincere as we are and as God loving and Jesus loving as we are, I think the church over the years, we have developed what what's known as like a, a Christianese, like it's phrases and yeah. words and things that we mm-hmm. say that some Somebody that's not a believer or not, it would turn them off or they would have no idea what we were talking about or it would just shut them down and we would never get an opportunity to minister or even open up that opportunity. But but you said that God told you we, we must, we must change our language, not to the Christianese that, that we speak in the church but to something that would invite these people, although we're still telling them the truth. Yes. Well, I, I call it uh, planet Christian. <laughs> we've all lived on planet Christian. Yes. And we've learned all <laughs> to speak, you know, the Bible, right? But if you think about it, you know, the different versions of the Bible, don't think of the living Bible. The mm-hmm. living Bible was just broken down to make it easy to understand. And then you have the passion translation, you know, with my friend Brian Simmons, and and he's broken it down to where people can understand it. Well, that's just what we're doing. And we're just, we're using words that are not, uh, I call them trigger words. That's why in the book it says, I was talking about the God-hardened, the godless, and the God-confused. Well, the God-hardened have been to church, but they were hurt in church, mm-hmm. or they had a yes. real disappointing yes. experience. So if I say something of a Christian word or a Christian phrase, they're going to be, it is a trigger for them. 
and they don't want to hear me anymore. So they cut you off immediately so before you even get started. They, wall, they yes. wall you up. You can see the wall go up, right? And so my whole thing is, uh, okay, then we need to communicate the gospel in very simple ways, and we need to scratch the itch. We need to let them understand how much they're loved, how much that they're valued, and that they have a purpose and a plan. And um, just because this is, and we found this to be true uh, with people that have, have allowed us to, to minister to them, they needed a safe place where they could come and they could say, I got hurt or yes. I was, I was, you know, uh, um, kicked out of my church because my wife uh, had an affair and I was a pastor and they, they, they kicked me out. We had that happen actually. Yes. Um, and so there's people like this and just because that happened did not discredit or disqualify them from being a pastor. Sure. They just needed to be healed and then they needed to get back into their sure. calling and begin to move. And so there's been a lot of uh, healing that's taken place as God has revealed to us what they're called to do, what their gifts are, mm. and where they need to be, let's forgive and release and move on and get back in the program here, right? Let's get back with what we're designed for. Right. And that's been the number one thing. Cindy, I know you, you mentioned the word culture a little earlier, and honestly, can we even go through a day without hearing that word, counterculture, cancel culture, all, all of these things? What exactly does that mean? A counterculture is what I've understood is living by your own rules, no standards, free expression lifestyle. Healthy guidelines have been tossed out because they seem restrictive and prevent creativity. Cancel culture refers to popular practice of withdrawing support for uh, public figures and companies uh, if they've said or done something considered to be objectable or offensive. Yes. So yes. in other words, if, if it offends their current lifestyle, they would rather change culture than change themselves. So they just cancel it out. They're just like, okay, you don't exist anymore. You're just... We're canceling exactly. you. Mm -hmm. It's is, like taking a black marker yes, and just marking yes. things out they don't agree with. Mm -hmm. That That is so wild. Okay, so as God has called you into these events and conventions and things like that, as as we have said, we w the old ways are, are not going to work in places like this with people like this. So what is your strategy when you go into a place like this and you kind of set up your little, your little area that you're going to be using while you're there? What is your strategy? Our strategy is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. We want them to have an encounter mm, with the yes. presence of God. And so we give the Holy Spirit freedom to move any way he wants to. In fact, at Burning Man, we said, Holy Spirit, you, you're, you're welcome here and you can move any way you want to, but you're not allowed to move in church. Yes, <laughs> so yes. It was really fun. And so God began to show us the ones that he was reaching and the ones that he wanted us to speak with and talk to. And a lot of them were leaders and they're people that are, uh, they're influencers. So we uh, wanted to begin to work alongside the Holy Spirit. He knows their story. Right. He knows their life. He knows what they've been through. And so we begin to, um, to identify God instead of identify him by the word God 
um, I understood God. In fact, I went to say God to someone and the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, call him creator. <laughs> ah. The creator wants you to know. And it, it took me off guard because I wasn't expecting that the creator wants you to know. And it was more palatable to them, to that person that I spoke with, um, wants you to understand that, you know, you, you have this and that and that, whatever this, um, I could identify their gifts. I could identify their, you know, because the the Holy Spirit was giving me words of knowledge about them. And so, um, and they were, they were able to understand it and they, they, they wanted to hear about their identity. So you're saying if, if, if we would at least approach them or open up with words that make sense in their culture, not that we're changing the meaning of anything that God, that God means to us, by just using the creator instead of God, that doesn't shut them down before we get a chance to minister. So that's right. Yes, that mm-hmm. that's awesome. Okay, let me ask you this. You mentioned Burning Man. I know there's probably plenty of people that do not know what that is. And in 2003, you actually went to this event that's called Burning Man and set up a little place where you could talk to people and you didn't call it the best Christian environment teaching that you can get right here. What did you call it? <laughs> we call it the freedom lounge. Ah. It's a lounge. We wanted them to feel comfortable. We wanted them and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we call it the freedom. Lounge. Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Right. Yes, for sure. And then we would ask them when they would come in because we, we it was a theme camp. Yes. And the whole entire environment of the Burning Man Festival, it's a 10-day of free expression lifestyle in the Black Rock Desert of Nevada. And some called it a pagan festival and some called it this and that. It had a temple on the ground, so that told me that they had spiritual hunger and they had people that came from all over who just wanted to experience something apart from their everyday life, right? So they were, I call them seekers. They were looking for something. They were looking for a a spiritual journey. They were looking for, who am I? What is my life about? And so all restrictions, it seemed, were removed at this festival. And because of the free expression lifestyle, it drew so many people that, um, that it just grew and grew and grew to, it went from 25,000 to 35,000. Yes. And people began to get wind of it. Right. And, um, and other people had had experiences and they had uh, thought it was a great, you know, time. What I found is that it was actually almost a pilgrimage of a sort when people would come out there because they had a temple, Mm -hmm. which was odd to me. I thought, why would they have a temple? And it's because they needed to be able to have a spiritual place where they could release their heart, they could release their pain, they could release what was hurting them and what was causing them pain. And so the temple was all made of wood and people would go in and do new age practices and they would do uh, spiritual or, or new age healing. They would go into seances. They would have all these things. And God wasn't, you know, I had, I had to sit with him in heavenly places. All right. So I had to know that God says, I've already seen it. I know what they're doing. You're complete in me. 
I'm, I'm protecting you. I'm giving you, um, you know, angels all around you to, to do your assignment in this environment. Yes. And so we would go in as the answer to the problem. So we would go in as uh, heart healers into the temple. And when people, it was made of wood, so they would write uh, things like, I'm so sorry um, I aborted you, or I'm sorry that oh, you wow. died. I'm sorry that you killed yourself. I'm sorry that, you know, I didn't love you more as a, as a son to a mom or whatever. And so we would read some of the things that they would write on the board because they had to have a place to release their pain, right? And what they were carrying. When you were talking to these people, you used words like God said, you know, you, you need a new language. You must have a new language. Like you just said, when you were talking about God, you would call him the creator. When you were talking about the Holy Spirit, you called him, oh, my goodness, Cindy, I love this. You called him the spirit of truth who opens up the way. Yeah to give us life. Wow, that just right. that just about gives me a shiver when I think about it. But here's <laughs> one of the strategies that God gave you. Tell us about the menu board. This is a very creative strategy that God gave you <laughs> to draw these people. Yes, it was a it was a in, invitation so to speak. And we had a menu board we created every year and it was vinyl and so that it would withstand the wind and all the elements out there. And uh, we put on the menu board things like organic restart, welcome to your new life. Mm. That's salvation. In other words, do you need a new starting place? And at the top of the menu board, it said Freedom Lounge, finding the gold in you. Wow. So we always made it redemptive. We made it to where you have gold in you. No matter what you think about yourself, you have gold in you. And we want to help mine that out and show you what that is. Yes. So even though that meant salvation, organic restart, that meant salvation, yeah. organic restart, <laughs> you wouldn't say salvation. That would be something that, that they would go, oh, yes, I want an organic restart. Yes. They wanted a brand new start. They wanted to be able to be rid of their old life that was that was traumatizing and suffocating them. Uh, and they would come in and they would say, I want that. I want to start again. And we said, oh, well, absolutely. You know, this is, we've all done this. All of us on our team have all done this. And it is absolutely amazing. You feel so much relief from your pain and your trauma. And you find a brand new way of life uh, that will present to you uh, in truth to give you the way that gives you life. Yes, and yes, it's all wow. done by light, right? Because Jesus called himself the light. Of I am course. the light of the world. I'm the light. So we used Jesus' language that he used. Yes. And we also learned to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves wow. because we were in wolf land. Yes, These yes. These people were not, were not friendly toward Jesus or God. So we had to present him in a way that he would be um, appealing. And that's why he said, identify me by my attributes. In other words, tell them about that I'm the healer, that I'm the ancient one, that I'm the one who is the shame taker. I am the giver of life. I am the water. I'm the bread of life. Um, yes. Wow. I'm the one who is the path director the path, the way maker. Um, I am, you know, whatever uh, God told us to use those words. And it, it was like, I want all of that. 
Those are actually describing Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit. They're describing him like he told you, you know, describe my attributes. You don't have to say my name. Describe my attributes. And then that way they are so receptive to what you're offering them. That is amazing. I just, I know we don't have time to talk about all of them, but I wanted to mention a couple other of the things on the menu board. An original root recovery, like like your identity, true reflections, helping to to identify people and so that they don't have to try to fit into a mold that they're that that's not for them. Oh, and this one, Cindy, meet the spirit of truth. How do you approach that? Oh my goodness. Well, we would uh, have them, you know, because they came in because they knew it was a spiritual type can. Yes. And so we would say, would you like to have an encounter with the spirit of truth? Oh, well, almost. I mean, everyone does. Yes. No one wants to we, you know, we would, it would be the other side would be, would you like to have an encounter with a lie? You know, they've already had that. So we would say, do you want to have an encounter with the spirit of truth? And they said, yes. And we said, well, it's by invitation. So all you need to do is put your hands out. This was the only instruction we gave them. And we said, just say spirit of truth, come. And when they did, the Holy Spirit did come on them. And they begin to have an encounter. Now, as you remember in Luke 14 about the parable of the Great Supper, there's a compelling factor that we have to use in order to get people to the table. Yes. And this is this is one of them. Well, we just said, would you like to have an encounter with the spirit of truth? Oh, my goodness. And they did. And so the Holy Spirit took over. And so they had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. They would feel his God's presence because he knows how to encounter them. He knew what to do. He bypassed their mind and all of their questions and all of their arguments and whatever, you know, religious argument or whatever that might've happened. And he went right into their heart, into their spirit. And we stood back and just watched the Holy spirit bring people into freedom You were inviting them into this encounter before they even knew what it was. So the encounter itself was proof to them. And and once they would feel this presence in this encounter, then what what did they do? Oh, my goodness. They would shake. Some of them threw their heads back and they would start speaking in tongues, (laughs) which I I didn't know you did that before anyone was born again. Right. Um. But they did, and they would feel, they would tell us. Uh, so we let it go as long as it needed to go because it wasn't our thing. It was now the, it was now God's thing, right? It, mm-hmm. it, and so we didn't try and, and shut it off or cut it off or give it a time limit. And we just let the Holy Spirit do what he wanted to do. And we were all protecting it with prayer. We were praying in tongues. And they would say, well, what are you, what are you saying? And we said, well, it's a spirit language. It just connects us in the spirit. And so they, they accepted that. Yes. And, um, and then we would say, they would say, what just happened to me? And we said, well, you just had an encounter with the one who made you. And they said, how do I get this? And we said, there's a hookup. <laughs> there's, a, there's a way. There's a way for you to get this. And I said, what just happened to you was Jesus. This is where my power comes from. I am a follower of Jesus. And this encounter that you had was God, was Jesus bringing you into 
God's presence and allowing you to know that he's real and he's very present. Yes. And he loves you and he wants you whole. He wants you to be restored and he wants you to be, to live your life out fully the way that you were created and designed by him to live it. Yes. Yes. Give me one testimony. Tell me about the Iranian Muslim man that, that actually encountered Uh, Jesus in this way. It was so amazing. We, of course, don't have any language about Jesus or God or any of that on our menu board. Why? Because we are in, we're sheep among wolves, right? So we have to be wise. And so he came in, picked out something on the menu board. I don't know what it was. And he sat down and we said, would you like to have an encounter with the spirit of truth? And he did. And he he had told us before that he was um, from Iran and he was also, his family was in government. That's what he said. My family is in government. So we knew that he was Muslim. And he went into, he asked the spirit of truth to come. He went into a trance. Now that got me a little bit concerned because I'm not used to that, right? And I, again, I'm on the run here. So I was praying in tongues behind him. And just to protect, I just didn't want him going into something weird, right? And um, because I knew that the devil also tries to deceive people and when they get vulnerable like that in spirit. So I was praying in tongues to protect him. And um, he, he looked up at me and I said, he goes, I said, what do you see? Because he started shaking. I said, what do you see? And he said, I see light. And we said, go toward the light because Jesus calls himself the light. And then he began to weep and sob and cry. And I said, what do you see? And he said, I see Jesus. And we had never mentioned his name. And we said, embrace the one who is revealing himself to you. And it was very similar to what's happening now with Muslims all over the world. Yes. They're being saved in their dreams. Yes. Jesus is appearing to them in their dreams and they're getting saved. And this was the, a very similar situation. It was just that it was a, a vision, an open like a vision that he had while he was in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit revealed Jesus to him. And he embraced Jesus. And we prayed with him Wow! after he saw that. And he got born again and spirit-filled. Okay, Cindy, my goodness. Now, here's something else. You know, when you are being called and assigned to some of these pretty, pretty out there conventions and, and things that are happening, you actually felt called to go into some of the adult conventions or the, the porn conventions. And what was that disturbing for you? Oh, my goodness, yes. It was one of the hardest um, outreaches that we've done. Um, I had a friend who was um, on our team, and she had, um, she had experienced uh, being molested as a young child. And so she was actually the one who said, you know, I know that pain. I know what that feels like. So why don't we get a team together and go into these conventions? Because mm-hmm. I understand. I know what these girls might be feeling. And um, I always, you know, always think about God says go into all the world. Right, right. And preach the gospel. But And so what part of all of the world do we stay out of, right? Yes, exactly. And I was, I was not real convinced that I needed to go. <laughs> I was 
arguing with God a little bit. And the Lord said to me, I have people, Cindy, I need you to volunteer to go into this place. I want to send you in because I have people who are praying for some of these girls. And I want you to be an answer to the to the prayer. Mm-hmm. I want you to go in and be available to them. Was this a lesson for you about looking on the heart of people? Yes. Yes. Whew. Yes. Yes. I had never been in anything like that in my life. I had never been into porn. I had never been into uh, any of the, those things because I got saved really early when I was 20. And so I, I've never experienced or even thought that there would be something like this. It was, this was so vile. It was just so, it felt like another world. Yes. Yes. And, um, I was, I was weeping. I, I, I didn't know, I couldn't get my breath in the beginning. And I thought, I don't even know if I can do this. And the Holy Spirit, God said to me again, I've already seen this. I'm not falling off the throne. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. I want you to go and I'm going to show you their heart because that's where I'm looking. Yes. I'm not looking at their action. I'm not looking at anything else. God looks on the heart and he said, I want you to see what I see. So I'm going to give you the ability to see their heart. I'm going to point people out to you. And I know this is the one that you'll need to speak to. It became almost as if I was in a bubble. And I didn't see what was going on all around me. I didn't see all the filth and all the stuff and depravity and weird things. I saw the people. Mm. That's what I saw. Yes. And I saw the young girls and especially one of them. She was a pastor's daughter. Now, I didn't know that at the time. And um, I walked up to her and I said, we use dream interpretation as our fishing lure basically. Yes. And we only have in a place like that, when they're working, they are working. So we only have a moment to speak with them, but because we were in there doing dream interpretation, it was well received because everyone does, um, dream and, uh, we were doing it for free. We never charge. And so we would go in and ask, have you had a dream? Can we interpret your dream? We're just here. It's a gift that we bring to this convention every year. We just want to do uh, interpretation for you. And uh, this young girl, she said, um, I'm from a pastor's family. And I thought she said a Baptist family. And I said, you're from a Baptist family. She said, no, 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 a pastor's family. And I said, oh, you're a PK. And when I said you're a PK, she just went, oh, it's almost like she knew that I knew. Yes. And I said, listen, I said, God hasn't left you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He loves you and you have a call on you. And this is what you settled for, but this is not what you're made for. Mm. And she began to cry and she said, you're going to make me cry. And she did. She started tearing up and I had to be very careful how I worded my next few sentences with her because uh, when they start having an emotional response, um, they're, they're, agent or their pimp gets, gets concerned. Right. I see. Mm-hmm. And so a girl in front of me turned around. She was one of the act, uh, actresses as well in this company. And she said, what did you say? What did you do to her? I said, Oh, we just interpreted a dream. We're dream interpreters. And sometimes it just really hits home. You know, I said, she, she's fine. She'll be fine. And she ran off to the bathroom, right. To go compose herself. And when she came back, um, Actually, the person with me doing the camera said, I just, I have a word for her and I don't know if I should give it. And he, and she said, uh, I see, I see her eating a pickle. 
And so I said, well, go ahead and say that when they, when she comes back, say that. And they said it, I see you eating a pickle. And she said, she pulled out a picture from her wallet and it was her father and her in a picture and they were eating pickles. Whoa. And that was their connection. And so that gave me confidence to realize that I am on assignment, that God does know who is needing to be reached to get their life back on track. Yes. Yes. That this is, and I would, I would build, basically we were delivering them from Satan's plan for them. Yes. And yes. giving them a future. And I hope it was Jeremiah 29, 11. It was like, we are giving you a future and I hope this is what you've been doing, but this is what you're called for. This is what you're made for. And sometimes even by them telling us a dream, it gave us a full read on their life. We of knew course. exactly what they were going to be doing, what they were made to do. So we were, we were disconnecting them in a way from this perverted, destructive lifestyle and giving them a new plan for the future. Yes. Well, tell me about, I know that's a, you know, who doesn't want to have their dreams interpreted? Really? I know that is a strategy yeah. that you use to bring them in and then God and the Holy Spirit takes it from there as far as revealing things to you. But there's another thing, a, a, a roulette wheel. God showed you a roulette <laughs> wheel. And how does that play into what you're doing? Well, he did. He sh- we, we actually rented a booth that year. Uh, we didn't always rent a booth because they were very expensive. I had asked my friend Patricia King to come with me on this one. And she had 15 women and I had 15 women. And so uh, we decided we would have a booth because we had enough people there that could man it. And so um, I thought, well, how are we going to do this? You know, we can't give out tracks or Jesus things, you know. So I thought, well, let's do affirmation. Let's do words of that's what prophecy is. It's edification, exhortation, and comfort. Yes. So what we did, I just got this image. It was almost a week before the convention. And I got an idea of a roulette wheel. And I knew it was a God idea. And also, we were in Vegas. So it fit in, right? A roulette wheel. And so it had uh, uh, seven colors on the wheel. And they were uh, twice. Right. So when you spun the wheel, I just got it off of Amazon. It's one of those party wheels, you know. And when you spun the wheel, we just we just put words of affirmation. And then we had matching wristbands, the rubber wristbands that that match the the color Uh that they spun, whatever color it was. And they were all uh, words that were that were redemptive. You know, they were um, they were words like um, happiness and harmony. They were words like uh, destiny or uh, dream interpretation and empowerment or enlightenment. Mm -hmm. We had the red was you have value, purpose, and you are loved. Mm. Hot pink was happiness and harmony. Green was dreams and empower. Light blue was faith and envision. Orange was determination and courage. Wow. Purple was freedom and spirit. Yellow was strength and success. And navy blue was goals and fulfillment. And we began to see, we would, they would spin the wheel. We took the band, according to the color, placed it on them and said, this is your future forecast. This is a word for your future. This is a, an affirmation that will help you navigate the days ahead and will give you uh, an uh, openness to 
see things differently this year. And when we did that, we were also imparting to them because we put it on them, right? So we were imparting life to them. And we were, our booth became so popular at this convention. And we looked around and everyone at the end of four days, everyone that we could see had a wristband on. And they had maybe gotten <laughs> it the first day, but they were wearing it the entire time. And so it was words of life that were giving them something. And they would tell others about it. And we had so many people wanting to spin the wheel to get a word of encouragement yes, yes. that we were clogging up the, the aisle. And so we were, we were told that we couldn't have that many people spinning the wheel. So we, we had 30 people. So we, we began to have them put wristbands on them, just cover their arms in wristbands and they went around. So they went out and they just said, pick a color. So instead of someone spinning the wheel, they just went out and said, pick a color. <laughs> and then they took the color off of them and put it on. So we, we had to, we had to disperse, we had to multiply basically. Sure. Um, and take the wristbands out into the uh, convention because not everyone was going to get to spin the wheel. They were so excited. They would, some of them would weep. Some of them would, would want to hug us. And they would say, I've not had this. No one's told me anything mm. good about myself mm. in so long. Wow. Or I didn't have any future. I, I was ready to end my life. I didn't think there was any future for me. Oh, my goodness. And we were so excited about how this was going. I'm sure. And it was a God idea. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, it was let, a God idea. Let me ask you about one more before we uh, pray for everybody and then have to let you go. Okay. But let me ask you about this and going back to the dream interpretation. I know you do that at a lot of New Age bookstores as well as some of these other events. Tell me about the New Age masseuse that you encountered. Oh, yes, she was wonderful. Um, she was a sweet young girl who was misguided. And um, she actually needed to uh, take a trip. So she was selling coupons uh, to get money ahead of time so she could go on her trip. And then we could redeem our coupon at another time to come and get a massage from her. And, of course, I was brand new learning how to do all this. And, um, and uh, people had said, my people in the church said, you can't go to a, a new age masseuse and have her touch you because she's going to impart things to you. And my thought was, well, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So if she's touching me, I'm actually touching her. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I just reversed it. And, um, so I, I did, I needed a massage and I went and I, I got one from her and, um, I didn't feel her touching my back. So I said, what, what are you doing? And she was doing these weird things with her hands in circles. And then she said, I'm, I'm doing energy work. Can you feel it? And I said, no, I can't. And uh, so I got up and got ready. And I noticed there were three uh, bruised looking places on her arms, one on her wrist, one on her right in the crease of her arm and one on her shoulder. And they were on both arms. And I said, what has happened? Did you fall down or did something happen? She said, I don't know what this is. She said, it just, my body just started doing this. And God spoke to me and said, she's absorbing everyone's everything and she has no shield. So it, it's, it's a spiritual thing that's happening to her. And, um, she said, I meditated on a crystal and I asked the triangle, which I found out was the Ouija board. And it spelled out a mustard herb. 
and she went to the nature store and got the the seed for the mustard thing, crushed it up and put it on her skin and it burned her skin. And I said, and here's, here's the wisdom of God. I said, you know, many times the creator uses me in energy healing. And I said, would you mind if I ask, if I, if I do that on you now, because she just said she did energy work on me. Right. Right. So I used her words back on her. And I said, I asked God work quietly. Where do, I, where do you want me to put my hand? He said, put it on her shoulder. So I put my hand on her shoulder and of course, with the healing anointing, it gets hot. Your hand gets hot, you know? And so she could feel the heat from the healing power yes. going through her. And she said, I feel that. She said, it's very hot. And I said, yes, oftentimes when um, when the healing is, is going in, the energy healing from the creator, from the one who made you, is going in. It has a heat component to let you know it's working and she said, that's amazing. And I said, I know, right? It's just really miraculous, honestly. And I said, you know, I'm getting something for you. And I knew she was open to hear uh, because uh, the new age, they're always open to psychics, they're always open to words right, and things like that. Right. So I, I said, I'm getting something for you. I said, I feel there's something that you may want to begin to do uh, that will help you. And I said, it's called Psalm Reading. And she goes, what is it? And I said, well, you take the oldest book in the world. That would be the Bible. And if you open it straight up into the middle, there's a place called Psalms. It's a book. It's a book in the Bible called Psalms. And I said, I'm told that if you read it out loud, it literally goes out into the atmosphere and comes back over and heals your entire body. And she said, that's amazing. I said, I know. And I said, it's becoming very popular. And I said, a lot of people are beginning to do this as a group. They're getting friends together and they're having psalm reading together as a group. And it changes the atmosphere and it causes you to see things you never saw before. And I just kind of went there, right, with it. And she says, I'm going to do that. And I said, <laughs> I think you should, right? And I went back to see her again, and she had gotten a group together of her new age friends, and they were doing psalm reading. Now, I know, and you know, that there are some that are saved and some that are being saved, right? Yes, yes. So she was now on a journey for God as, he, as she's reading psalms, wow. the word of God that would transform her. <laughs> Cindy, you were planting seeds and building bridges, weren't you? And the Holy Spirit directed the whole thing because I didn't have that knowledge. I didn't know how to do that. And I went out of that masseuse. I went out of her, her house high-fiving the Holy Spirit. I felt like this is so fun. I wow. never thought this up on my own, you know. That is amazing. I know we've kept you a long time, but your story and what God is doing through you is just so amazing to me. So I know everybody has enjoyed listening. But but Cindy, this is what you do. This is the assignments that God has called you to. But you're saying that God has assignments for those that are listening as well. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. God is building an army right now. And he's building an army of people who will 
listen to him and that they will let him reform them for today's people. Yes. He's also getting our attention to teach us new things that we haven't seen or heard before. He's revealing mysteries right now that we've never known because he had them stored up until now. And what, what he's doing is he's building an army of people, an army of his church, of his bride, who are, who are a force to be reckoned with yes. against the enemy's force. The only reason why the enemy is getting any ground at all is because the demons are in unity and they're intent on destruction. So they're in, in one accord, right? They're all together. But the church of God, we have been given power and authority over Satan and all of his things. Yes, yes. And so we are now being enlightened. God is teaching us how to wage warfare in this day and how to align ourselves in unity so that we then can take down, pull down, and destroy the works of the wicked one. That's what Jesus came for. But this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. And he's going to do it through his church that is unified, that is unbreakable, unmovable. And we are intent, fully intent on seeing the kingdom of God be birthed on this earth, come from heaven to earth, just like it, uh, Jesus told us to pray. Yes, yes, and if we'll absolutely. Do that, and if we will, we will put aside all of our religion and all of our offense and all of the things and hurts that we've all gone through, and we will join together in unity. God says, I'm there in your midst, and you can ask what you will, and I will do it for you. And these are his enemies. And we have a, a whole new, we have a awakening coming from heaven that is going to be so incredibly powerful that it will cause people to fall on their face. Yes. The fear of the Lord is returning. And there, and God is looking for an army of people that will raise up in this day and take the, be laborers in the harvest. Amen. Amen. And so I'm equipping the church. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm equipping the church to do the work. I know that you are saying these are crazy times. These are new days and they demand new ways. I would love for you to pray for the listeners just before we leave for them to be able to accept and get ready for new assignments to be activated in them. Yeah, I will. Father, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that we live on this earth at this time. I want to thank you, God, that you are now filling us up. You are teaching us to look your direction. You're giving us single vision to see your face, to, to hear your heart, to move in motion with you, to move in connection with what you're doing. God, I want to thank you, Lord, that you're giving us new strategies. You're giving us eyes to see from your perspective what you're doing on this earth. You're giving us wisdom from heaven. You're giving us the ability to be bold and to be strong and to be fearless. Lord, you're teaching us how to walk in sync with you. And Lord, you're teaching us about your heart and that you're putting your heart in our heart, God, that our heart would beat with yours and that we would be able to see and to know what breaks your heart and what you rejoice over. God, I thank you that you're increasing the prophetic on the inside of us. And you're helping us to do the work of the kingdom. Lord, that you're giving us um, the uh, new, um, you're, you're even upgrading us in our spirit, 
as we're moving in sync with you to see this harvest come in, to see you be glorified, to see the glory of the Lord be spread across this earth like the waters cover the sea. Lord, we, th- we thank you for letting us be partakers of your divine nature, for teaching us how you move and, and what you do and how you navigate forward. And Lord, I just say, we love you, Jesus. We love you. We want to see your will. We want to see your kingdom come, your will done on this earth, just like it is in heaven. And I thank you, God, that you're teaching us and you're helping us to be raised up as laborers in this harvest to see the people come in that you love so much and that you sent Jesus to die for. I pray that you would help us to shift our mind, teach us new ways, help help you, God. You said you're doing a new thing. Help us understand what the new thing is and help us to shift and change according to you. Yes. And to your plan and your purpose for our life. Yes, Lord. And I thank you, God, for saving our children. Oh. I thank you, God, for saving our nation. I thank you, Lord, for saving our world. I thank you, God, for rescuing us from this evil plan that the devil has for us and that you're you're going to give us authority to overtake him and put him underneath our feet. So I thank you for doing that, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for activating brand new assignments. Give us the courage to accept the assignment that you've asked us to do. You wouldn't tell us to go into all the world and then not give us the tools to do it. So I thank you for activating us in the new assignment. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us minds to understand and to comprehend what you're doing. You're doing a new thing. So we want to move with you in that new thing. And I pray, God, that you would help us overcome our fear and be bold in faith and move out in courage. And we know that you've gone before us and you're bringing up the rear guard. And this is the time and the moment. This is the time for us to move in power and do miracles at your working miracles through our hands for the people that are, are going to see your goodness and your glory. Yeah. Yes. That's, that is going to happen. Actually, we're, we're, we're seeing unusual miracles take place right now. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your ministry with us. And right now, here's Sid Roth to tell you exactly how you can get this powerful and wonderful teaching series that Cindy has prepared for you. Sid? Cindy McGill uses spiritual gifts, dream interpretation, and God-given ideas and strategies in ministry. Her outreach efforts are creative, diverse, out-of-the-box, and most importantly, Spirit-led. Cindy will teach you to follow Jesus, hear His voice, feel His heart, and share His truth with others in language they can understand, and they will receive it. If you've never known how to talk to the unloved, the broken, those different from you or in a different religion or culture than yours, Now you can. Cindy says, new days demand new ways. God has new ideas for you, new thoughts for you, new assignments for you. Call now for Cindy McGill's brand new and exclusive five CD audio teaching package. You'll get her three CD teaching series on activating God's new assignments for you and her two CD teaching series on what your dreams are telling you. Plus, absolutely free, 
the you have value and purpose and you are loved wristband, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9800. Once again, that's offer number 9800.